Hey friends, it's Jocelyn at jamminwithjocelyn.com, your certified life coach helping working moms create their ideal work-life balance so they can thrive at work, at home, and in life. You're listening to the Jammin' with Jocelyn podcast, the show for people who want to be inspired and live more joyfully and with awareness. I love having deep, soulful, and fun conversations about complex issues to deepen our self-awareness and compassion for ourselves and others. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey friends, before we dive into today's episode, here's a quick announcement. Are you a working mom or someone who wants to integrate mindfulness into your day so you can be centered at work and home? Then grab your free mindfulness practices list, which gives you choices. It'll save you time from Googling different ways to practice mindfulness. Just grab the mindfulness practices list at jamminwithjocelyn.com or click the link at the bottom of the show notes. Alrighty, let's dive into today's episode. All right. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode on the Jamming with Jocelyn podcast. And I'm so excited for our guests and a little background. We just chatted for a whole nother hour before recording. So we are just having so much fun here. Um, and I have Shobna. Can you say your last name for me so I don't butcher it? Oh, sure. No, it's Shobna Kanusami. Kanusami, Shobna Kanusami. And I'm going to just share a little bit about how we met because you know, I've gotten feedback um, from the list, several listeners in person about like, how do you find these people? How do you connect with these people? Y'all, there's some great people out there. So, and I uh, met Shona through our Asian Women's Coach Collective. So shout out to AWCC. Um, we met, woohoo, go AWCC. And so if you're looking for an Asian woman coach, to connect with in whatever coaching need that you are looking for, go and check us out at AWCC. Um, you can find us on the LinkedIn, in LinkedIn and stuff. But that's how Shona and I met. And it's like, we're like twin sisters from a past lifetime. Seriously. <laughs> so, 100%. 100%. Um, but I would love to just uh, tell you a little bit more about her. So and y'all, it's fascinating. Okay. So um, over her 20 year career as an engineer, pastry chef, and leadership co- coach, Shovna wears multiple hats. Known for her passionate, creative, and lively approach, her coaching practice is centered around tapping into her clients' inner strength to bring about positive and meaningful transformation. Constantly curious and finding inspiration around her, she enjoys baking up a storm, feeling the rhythm to music, Ella, 90s hip-hop, woo-woo, and R&B, dabbles in art with her son, and collects a copious amount of stationery, which brings her immense joy. So welcome to the show, Shona. Thank you so much for having me, Jocelyn. It's so fun to be here. It's, oh my gosh, I, I'm so excited for our time. I mean, we've already been chatting away before. I know, this is going to be so great, and uh... I, I don't know. I feel so at home with you. And uh, um, thanks. Yeah. And just let you know something that we really connect on. I'm going to share this because we talked about this earlier. It's like we're social introverts. <laughs> so that's it. Like this is our most comfortable space right now, like one on one. And that's like we just light up and connect in this way. And um, but I do love social, you know, settings. It just makes me sometimes really nervous. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all about energy, right? And, yeah. um, and, you know, an intimate setting like this, um, it's so much fun. And, and it, it, it fills my cup. Oh, same here. Same here. So we're talking about 
what it looks like and means to advocate as a woman of color, because I know that's part of your work as well and part of your story. So, and I find that, you know, right now we're recording during the month of AAPI Heritage Month. Um, And so I am so excited about just this conversation, just hearing your story of how you got to this place of being, um, you know, really courageous, I would say, courageous about talking about being and, you know, like advocating for yourself as a woman, because we're both women of color. So can you just share like, just your journey of how you got to this concept and this of, of advocating for yourself? No, absolutely, Jocelyn. And thank you so much for, you know, giving us space to even talk about this. And um, yeah, I mean, you rock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so privileged to to be here and honored to have this space. So um, no, thank you for, you know, for having, um, having time for this very important conversation, I think. Um, Yeah. And as you said, uh, yeah, it's um, Asian Heritage Month here in Canada and API Month in in Mm -hmm. the States. And a lot of this has come from just our life experience and journey through Mm -hmm. moving to different countries, different professions, and uh, different times um, in our lives. And I think knowing about how we bring ourselves forward, being self-aware of how we want to present ourselves has so much impact on how others see us. Mm -hmm. So that self-perception of ourselves versus how we feel we are perceived. Mm. And for the longest time, um, I did intentionally, well, okay, a bit bit of a backstory here where, you know, my intention, you know, coming to North America was to go to pastry school and open up a little shop somewhere to, to make cakes, make people happy and make myself happy because I love dessert. And um, that was going to be my happy place. Mm -hmm. But over time, I was still very young when I decided to open the shop. And I knew for a fact without really knowing the language behind it, but I wanted to build a brand that was separate from who I was. So I Mm -hmm. thought at the time, this was this huge, awesome marketing idea Mm -hmm. where customers would buy into the brand. um, And if they did not know that it was a, in North America, we are referred to as like brown people. So they did not, if they did not know it was a brown woman Mm -hmm. behind the brand, Mm -hmm. they would imagine whatever they would like to imagine having a, you know, going into a French pastry shop Mm. and shopping for French desserts. So I thought my culture and my heritage would diminish the value that people held when they went into a shop expecting excellence and expecting exquisite desserts and expecting French style pastries. And um, and unfortunately, I think through the years of my, my early years in, in the business, it was almost compounded by the fact that when people did find out it was me behind the brand, they were surprised. Oh, that's there's so there's so many nuances in that in your story. So much. Right. And so 
in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's interesting how you're surprised because I'd be like, oh, they'd be like, you know, do you have a, a branch in France? Like, or or where did you go learn how to make French pastry? How, how did you, you know, where, where are you from? Your accent, you know, sounds different. Mm, you, know, the... you, you own the shop? Oh, wow. All these questions. Yeah. And also mm -hmm. I used to have this, oh my God, this darling friend of mine who was six foot four, um white male uh -huh. and we would go to events and everyone would approach him and chat about how amazing the shop was and how great you know what a great experience they had shopping and and you know talk about the cakes we were displaying and how how he, he had come up with them and he would so gently kind <laughs> of point to me and go well you should really be asking the executive chef yeah. and owner that's on my right here <laughs> a good friend such a good, a friend. good friend and like their faces would just drop and I would see this wow so it is not I mean I I didn't think about this fully when I was um when I was trying to build a brand and I have to say I was actually very successful at building the brand for itself because it 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 almost justified my assumptions. It almost proved my assumptions right. Yeah, it proved your the narrative that you were thinking. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And so um so I would let them take credit for it anytime because it didn't really matter to me what was what mattered to me was like they liked Soiret they liked what it stood for and they liked our pastries and as a business person I'm like that was money coming in and help helping us survive so yeah. I'm like that's great it was more about the products that you but were over, yeah but, but over, over time. time it really started eroding right and like it my self-worth self-regard mm -hmm. Yeah. And the imposter syndrome. So people would refer to you as like Macron lady or like cake lady or like. Oh, like limiting so, you. Yeah. And and that was that in itself was very interesting because they thought that, you know, I would go to school to learn how to make macarons. So I'm like, you make macarons in one class. It's like how you go to high school and you say, oh, where did you learn history? <laughs> you went to a history class. <laughs> right. But it was so interesting that you that they could not perceive someone, you know, getting an education in French pastry and mm. and owning a shop versus like, oh, you found this one thing that you're good at. So as as an immigrant, you just opened the shop. Mm. It was so it I, sounds very limit like their their narrative of you was very limiting versus like it it, it blew their mind that a person of a woman of color could do what you were doing. Yeah. But oh, I, I have to say it was also, I have to take responsibility for this. It was also my own limiting beliefs and my own fact that I bought into it. I bought into their narrative. Yeah. So yeah. that was where I failed myself. Yeah. So what did it take for me to, say and i and i also had complex issues of my own identity uh being in canada being in vancouver where there's a very very prominent south asian um community mm -hmm. but i'm from malaysia 
So it's very strange. I look Indian, but I'm from Malaysia. But then I also grew up in New Zealand. And then now I'm in Canada. Like I, I was confused of my own identity. So I think it was a really tough reckoning for me to marry the two. And and when you make desserts, it's it's so tactile, right? And, yeah. and it's feel and it's through emotion, like making pastry is is an emotional journey mm -hmm. and by the time I had the courage to express who I was through my work that's when things really started to take off for me so I'm curious you see that shift yes I'm I'm like I see that shift and do you know that pivotal moment that really shifted you I and it doesn't and I'm just making an assumption you can tell me if I'm right or wrong but like it just it didn't happen overnight it sounded like there were these experiences you were having in the early days of your shop and slowly it it shifted so can you just I mean how how was that how did it feel to make that shift well that's a very good question um it was actually very scary mm. I think having a support network around you who believe in what you're doing without questioning your doubt too much because you have doubt all you have doubt all the time yeah but what feeds into that doubt you know it's like mm -hmm. oh, i should do this but should i the shoulding the yeah. should shoulds <laughs> yeah the shoulds right those shoulds yeah it's like you know are people looking at me expecting diwali sweets or oh. can i do what really matters to me which is like mooncakes Okay, I you know what? I gotta go visit you and get a movie. You should. I do Don't keep talking about those special occasions. <laughs> she makes she makes amazing mooncakes, and you know, oh. I just need to have one. <laughs> you do. Time's coming. Time's okay. coming. We're getting there. But I think it was the moment that I accepted myself and started mm. expressing myself through my work was when I saw the shift of, of who accepted that as well. Like, you know, the minute I started accepting myself, I saw that shift. I saw the shift of people accepting me for who I was. Mm. And it could have been the trend. It could have been the time of year. It could have been like the time of society's reckoning of, of you know, kind of us amplifying our voices going is we can exist in this space we all don't have to be white and male and from European descent mm -hmm. like it's okay what we're doing and and yeah I think that was when I realized it's like hey it's actually okay to be me Ooh, yeah it's okay to be you and in that space I and that's very like I want to point out how you said it's okay to be you in that space that is dominantly, predominantly the white male front from the European countries, yeah. right? Like, because your space at that time was the French pastry space. Yeah, it was. And also like the, the, the mind shift of going, but the local people, um, the local, the industry was just fine. This was just yeah. like the public, right? The, the, yeah, the public. public perception of what it was. Mm. I had so much support from, from my industry goers, like the ones who paved the way, who were white and male and from European descent. They were celebrating what I was doing. They were, you know, so, um, so in support 
of what I was trying to do because they could see that it was coming from a place of innovation. It was coming from a place of passion. It was coming from a place of creativity rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. Ooh. It became a medium for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of expression. Yeah, that feels like more, I, I say this a lot in like expansive, it feels more freeing versus like the beginning of your story. It was like, you know, just building, like building the brand and the product where, where now it's like more holistic. It's like your, your own sense of who you are comes through the brand and the product and makes it even more spreading my wings, spreading your wings. Oh my God. <laughs> you know like that gave me so much liberation like you know and then of course COVID hit <laughs> <laughs> um but I have to say that was such a, a defining moment in our business as I am so proud to say that we did not even shut down for one day like we just went through because we were set up our systems were in place like we we were already online way before COVID hit but the fact that we could just roll into whatever the the circumstance was yeah and the way we helped community and helped ourselves manage that really crazy time in our lives um, was a saving grace. And, and the fact that I could be even more ourselves, like we could, because we were all vulnerable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were all in this experiencing a huge global experience. Shift. Yes. Right. And to be able to have, you know, kind of gone through that and, and be able to go through that wave um, was again, a, another huge shift for me. And, and I thought to myself going, wow, how did I come from that time when I was like, you know, like a 30 year old going like, yes, I want to open a pastry shop and do this on my own. No network, no nothing. Just, I just don't want to do this because I feel like it's right for me because I wanted to serve others. Mm -hmm. That was always my purpose. My purpose yeah. was in service. So I'm like, I want to serve others and I want to bring them joy. I want them to feel special. I want them to, when they receive something handmade from us, they know that the person who's given this to them, they know how much they care. They mm -hmm. know how much it, it's expressed through food. Like food mm -hmm. is my love language. It's your expression of you. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, this is how much this person cares for you. Yeah. And that's expressed through that. And then the shift happened for me again, going, aha, now how do I serve those who serve? Ooh, say more about that. How did you get to that place? So that place happened when I pretty much had to reevaluate our 10-year lease. Mm. So at that point in my life and career, um, I had to redefine what success meant to me, cut through the Asian background expectations of what success means to us traditionally, mm -hmm. uh, and really reflect and turn the lens inwards going, what is important to me? If I take out everything that, that is ringing in my ears going, oh my God, like what will people say? Oh, that's, that's a huge one for, I think for a lot of people. 
If it's not for you, um, I want to know what you're that, doing. But <laughs> yeah, that is so huge, Jocelyn, because yeah. I'll let you know a little secret. That is pretty much my advocacy work yeah. from like now till whenever, because that to me is literally held back an entire generation. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with that. I think from my own experience. Oh my God, mm-hmm. like it goes right into the heart. Mm-hmm. Right? It, yeah, causes this fear. Yeah, and not only do you like, you know, sure you have the public going like what people say, but that's okay. But if it's coming from people who are near and dear to you, holy moly, like that opens a whole other world of self-doubt self-worthiness mm-hmm. self-regard like how how are you going to process this am i not valuable enough now because you think i have failed is this called failure oh that's a good question is it called failure this is like if the... it is yeah what's wrong with that why aren't mm-hmm. people allowed to fail <laughs> yeah yeah that i mean like in our it, culture <laughs> in our culture i think that's that i've been thinking a lot about that it's like how do i overcome this fear of failure it is a fear i think it's natural but it's like it it shouldn't be a fear actually that's so that was very paradoxical <laughs> like it's like this is my point that you yeah you articulated that beautifully because why is there a fear surrounding failure? And this is what we try to teach our kids. Mm, yeah. So how do so, we advocate for ourselves in this, in this, right? What do you do? Like how yeah. do you overcome that quote unquote fear? Uh-huh. Right. And so I think reframing was so important and I was coached through this. Um, and that's why I found coaching so powerful because I thought that, and I didn't have that as a, um, and, and I didn't know I could seek that out either because as a small business owner, like I was working seven days a week, you know, and even if the shop was only open six days after a few years, I was still working seven days a week. I was just, we would just go, go, go because you're wearing mm-hmm. every hat Yeah, or, you know, PR and garbage cleaner, like you're everything. Yeah, you're everything. <laughs> You do that's it all. A, that's a life of an entrepreneur and a yes. small business owner, right? You do it all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, and, and I don't know, it's that whole oxygen mask, you know, in the plane thing too. Mm-hmm. Like you forget that you really need to put one on yourself first before you can help the rest, you know, mm-hmm. around you. And so advocating for that and advocating for the fact that, um, that it's okay for us. The first thing we need to do is like literally show up in our reality. Oh, what do you mean by that? So when you show up in your reality, you can then assess what's important to you. What is true to you? Mm -hmm. How your values need to be aligned with what it is that you're wanting to do or how it is that you're doing it and, and, and your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this has come to me over experience because I'm older now. (laughs) (laughs) We won't, we won't age ourselves here. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so grateful for this learning. And, you know, some people will refer to it in, in our culture going like, Oh my God, like you're so Western now. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and why is that's not a bad thing it's not a good thing to me it's a thing it's a thing that I have developed and I have 
absorb things that I feel are serving me in this reality of mine. I love that because that's releasing self judgment and 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 um, internal shame. One hundred percent. And those, even those, even if you, even if the one, the people around you are not doing that for you, we need to know by showing up, you're doing that for yourself. Yeah, because that's most important to do that for yourself first. Just like how, like you said in your story, that shift. When, with your shop is like you showing up and knowing your own self-worth and then that kind of translated into your brand and product yeah and that's when everything blew up as in like blew up as in a good way everyone <laughs> <laughs> blew up as in like food network thank you very yes, much food net- oh, <laughs> y'all i'm talking to a food network judge okay like how cool that is was that fun. that was immense fun <laughs> so look that up this is so cool. See, I'm telling you, this is like amazing people that you get to meet. <laughs> oh, no, no, thank you. That is, that's very kind. But I think, I think that's what people don't understand or, or have a tough time figuring out. Like, why would you just stop um, and, you know, at the, at the peak? Yeah. So, oh, tell your, tell the audience. Yeah. I guess what, what happened with your with your shops? So I think that's well, an interesting story. That was pretty much the shift, though, Jocelyn. Yeah. That was be, me like, okay, where am I now? So that was that reality part. I'm like, where am I now? I knew yeah. where I was 10 years ago. I knew where I was five years ago. Where am I now? Now I have um, basically missed 10 Christmases. I have missed um, 10 Mother's Days. I have missed <laughs> weekends. I have missed um, uh, just time with my family, you know, um, because when they are on holiday, I'm not. Um, and as a working mom, mm-hmm. funnily enough, this is what you battle with. Yeah. When you are at home, you think about work. And when mm-hmm. you're at work, you think about home and you're always being pulled and you always have this guilt about like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Oh, you know, yeah, the mom guilt. Such an amazing husband. I like, you know, he's my best pal. He just, I mean, talk about even keeled. Like this guy is just like, you know, he just holds the line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and for me to fly off and do whatever the hell I want to do. And he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, sure, let's go. Right? <laughs> so it's so amazing. But I was like, how do I show him and show my family that, you know, um, how can I show up for them now? So yeah. again, it's about the showing up. I'm like, where do I want to show up? Is this really is that important to me now at this stage for me to keep showing up this way, knowing the sacrifices I need to make? Um, going forward because my eyes are now even more open than they were before. Before my kid was like one. And yeah. as a mom, I was like, he's not going to remember this. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, because you you need to just, you need to have coping mechanisms. Yeah. Coping uh-huh. mechanisms as a mom to balance out um, the guilt that we feel. Yeah. This could be Asian mom guilt. I don't know, but it could be just mom guilt in general. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It, there, I mean, there's so many, there's so many layers in that phrase that you just said. <laughs> like there's so much that we could unravel in that. Right. Yeah. But I think so now I'm like, okay, he's gonna go into high school. Um, and my God, like he's such a fun kid. And I feel 
you know, am I in a position to reevaluate? Am I in a position to reframe what, what success means to me? And what's important, like you said. What's important to me. Mm. And yeah. I still have so much going for me. And I think we talked about this in our previous hour. But <laughs> multi-potentialite. I can serve in so many different ways. Yeah. So why am I limiting myself into a brick and mortar store to be able to only serve that way when there are so many other facades to me and so much more, you know, so much more to me than, than just that, that I can tap into and still be of service. Yeah. Because that is one of your values I'm hearing is like service is a value. And also your family is value, right? Like in your time and how you spend your time and energy, because yeah, as like, a woman of color, but also a woman of color that is a mom, right? And what, and also an entrepreneur. There's so many things, right? Like of it's really important to, like what I'm hearing is being very centered and grounded in what is your values and importance that will drive your decisions and actions. And that's part of what is advocating for yourself. Is that? That's how it started. Mm. So if I need to advocate for myself, and it was that hard for me to do, are others also finding it hard to do? What? Okay, so I have a question. Why do you think it's so hard for us? Because I find it hard too to advocate for myself in every in like a lot of areas of my life, even as you know, a, you know, partnering with my husband, advocating for myself there also advocating for myself as a mom with my kids, you know, like there's just, why is it, I guess, like, is it part of just our makeup as a woman of color? Is it cultural? Is it like, what do you, why do you think it's, it's so hard? I think it's a lot. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a lot more complex than just, you know, that I, it's that fear of rejection. Mm. And I wonder whether that comes from being, I mean, if you ask my family, they will tell you that I've, always advocated for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> right that's the that's the lens they see when she's like Shona, yeah she's got you know yeah she will always tell you otherwise or yes. she will always challenge you but the but I was always also shut down yeah <laughs> so I'd be like why do I have to wear this red dress I'll just wear it <laughs> why do I have to do engineering just finish it yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I wonder if it's also conditioning because mm -hmm. over the years I've tried so hard. And to be honest, I've had the privilege of being able to advocate for myself because my brother just did everything the, the quote unquote, the right way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all the attention's on him. That's great. So I can just say whatever I want <laughs> <laughs> because he's writing the 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 true asian way the true yeah, asian, true asian. Act, like he's got it so i can just go to whatever the heck i want but no i i actually couldn't because every time i tried to speak up for myself i was shut down or said like i'm you know i'm too sensitive uh why do you why do you think that uh yeah. no just, just do it um because i said so yeah that that All the things that totally resonates because I, you know, the narrative, the things that I heard was you don't know enough or you're naive and it really, I don't know about you, but it really, uh, dampered my own 
perception of my own self-worth or my own intuition and inner wisdom, like in my own self-trust of myself. Right. Like it. And then, this so it, what I'm saying you, yeah. you got it. Yeah. That's it. So how so, do, yeah. How do we go? Yeah. At this point I was like, I, you know, what are my core values mm-hmm. right off the bat? Love, trust, integrity. Mm. Then I have compassion, creativity. So these are my top five, but my top three are love, trust, and integrity. Yeah. Whenever something is weird and like, as you you just, you picked it up just now, Jocelyn, it was that gut. You're quieting down that instinct, that instinctive reaction, because that is your integrity. Yeah, that is <laughs> your integrity. Oh, that's what holds you centered. That's what that's you know and every time you make a decision that doesn't kind of feel right doesn't you know like oh like what all the, what will other people say what you know what what will i think about myself um you know is this is this failure like you know it, that does that mean i'm a failure like all these things and they're rubbing the wrong way because it's not aligned with your integrity so yeah. for me i really had to examine what can st- how do I stay true to my values of love, trust, and integrity? And if the integrity piece was about, if you want to call it, swallowing my pride of what people would think, what people would say, how people would frame it in their minds, and doing what's right for me. Yeah. This was it. Because I wasn't putting my family in danger. I wasn't being this huge definition of what entrepreneurship is. Risk everything. I'm not a big risk taker. Yeah. So that is going against, you know, those who's like, I sold shoes out of, you know, the car and I risked everything. I, I couldn't because that would be, that would be going against my own integrity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not willing to. Yeah. Does that make me less of an entrepreneur? Maybe, but that's okay. That's okay because that that is what resonates for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I'm not in a position to do it, I need to be honest with myself about it. That's so hard to be honest with yourself. I love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love our home. I love what we've built. We are immigrants. We've done this from the ground up for ourselves. Um. You know, my kid goes to the neighborhood school. Why do I want to? Like, or do I? Do I want to up? you know, like shake everything up and like keep going? Or do I want to reevaluate and see what other parts are out there? Mm. How do we open our eyes to like these other possibilities that are out there? Why am I limiting myself just because I started something? So that reflected back to engineering. When I wanted to quit in that second year, I was like, I spoke to my dad. I was like, this is not for me. You know, I... I tried, you know, it's it's fine, but it's really, I just, this is really not for me. But there are two sides to that story too. Like, I mean, one, sure, he was like, nothing doing, keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, fine. Yeah, totally <laughs> get that. <laughs> totally get that. And, you know, that also taught me to push through things to see it to the end. Mm want that one aspect of resiliency which is one definition that's it Mm -hmm. so it's like that maybe it's asian definition i don't know i don't know (laughs) 
keep going until you finish it. So I'm like, that's great. But now in retrospect, I, I did have a plan. It wasn't to drop out. It was just to change. So now 20 years later, I'm like, why am I limiting myself to that going? Yeah, just keep going to the end. I'm like, what's the end? How That's long can I keep, question. right? That's a great question. What's the end? What's the end? So am, am I now limiting my own self to see the possibilities and see the change? That takes a lot of courage, right? It takes a lot of courage and, and honestly, a lot of self-awareness. It's like, it takes a lot of self-awareness, but courage to take action on that awareness. Right. Cause that's like, that's, I, I think Thanks, goes, Justin. I feel so much better. Okay. good. <laughs> because I'm finding myself, I'm like, in my head, right. I'm like, what are those moments for me? Yeah. Like in, you know, it brings me back. I mean, we, we actually talked about this before we started recording, <laughs> but it was like, like what I went to the college that my parents wanted me to go to. And I remember in that first year, it just did not, I couldn't see myself there for all four years. And I still respected my parents' wishes for me. And yet it was like what you talked about, Shona, the integrity, you feel it in your gut. This is not within integrity for myself. There's something more. Why am I limiting myself? Myself, because I felt like I should continue for the rest of the four years of my college experience in this setting. But yet it did it, but I was I was doing it to myself because I also I didn't want to disrespect my parents, but at the same time, it wasn't within in my own integrity versus my parents' integrity. So I, I don't know if yeah, so it's like trusting our it, our our integrity, gut. our gut integrity yeah. into you just helped me make a connection. Like your intuition <laughs> is like your yes. integrity. Yes, to me, like it, it, that totally is. And it's so clear for me, but sometimes, and I know that how many times I've betrayed myself mm. by not listening to it and listening to everybody else around me. Not to say that that's not important either, but how much importance are you putting on respecting yourself and respecting your own voice? Yeah, like you can, like what you're saying is like, you can hear other people's voices, but you don't need to take it on and as who you are. Own. Yes. Mm, diminish your own. Yeah. So that's that's the advocacy part, right? Like we all struggle with this and you ask such a great question and I feel it needs to be on another podcast. But yes, yes. What? <laughs> but what is it that is, that's holding us back so much um, to make that, shift to like advocate for ourselves right why is yeah. that so difficult for us um and yeah I mean for me personally too it was just I think it was just conditioning about like you know she's loud she's you know always speaking her mind because that's a bad thing mm -hmm. like there's always a negative connotation when it comes to advocacy Especially, I feel like in our, our in our, our cult, cult, in our community in the Asian yes. community, yes, yeah, yeah. Because I think a girl. It, why can't you just be a good girl? Yeah, why can't you just be quiet? Don't speak up. <laughs> Not only that, but why can't you just be like everybody else? <gasps> oh my gosh, that is so true. 
so-and-so is doing a lawyer degree and they're going to medical school. I'm like, Why can't you just be everybody else? Why can you not just be that incredible, all-rounded student that's fully cultured <laughs> in classical dance, music, like, singing, and national a, tennis champion. And have a 5.0 GPA. <laughs> a 5.0 GPA and find a husband and have three children. Yes. And then have a big house and have a, and have a well-paying job. (laughs) You know? So, I mean, in, in speaking to that though, I cannot undervalue the opportunities that were given to me. And I cannot Mm -hmm. undervalue the gratitude that I have for even being able to be in a position to advocate and be and being able to be in a position of um of receiving education you know from my parents like I will forever be grateful for that but I do know for a fact that as soon as I closed the door to engineering something in them died Mm -hmm. yeah almost like their hopes that they had for you yeah, the the light just went out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it could also be in fear. Like, I mean, we at that time, uh, if I recall correctly, there were not that many people who uh, were in business. Like, I get that, you know, and mm-hmm. also it was a security thing, right? Like, you need to be in a service industry so that, um, you know, so doctor, lawyer, engineer, accountant, teacher, like whatever, where you will always have job security because they also grew up, like they were born and brought up in a time of war, mm-hmm. World War Two, And then we only had independence from the British in 1957. And thinking back, uh, my dad would have been 17 at the time so they grew up with in convents with like fathers and Mm -hmm. bishops and nuns Mm -hmm. running school and showing us the christian way of doing Mm -hmm. things and like so they had a very complex you know um upbringing Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. and for the number of barriers they broke and you know what they did i mean they literally set the path I don't know if they realized this, but they set the path for us to then break barriers. But then when we started breaking barriers, there was a fear that was holding them back going, we already did that for you. Why do you still need to keep going? Oh my gosh. This is like a third podcast topic we could talk right? about. I think, so. I think I just because... hit on something that I was like, oh my God. Because that, yes, that, that is. Fear, that parenting out of fear was just what we went through as a generation and what I, sorry, what I went through as a generation. And um. Like, I cannot let that be the pattern that I continue with my own family. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're alluding to the fact that with every generation, we're breaking some kind of barrier. Yes. You know, like, because, like, for our parents and we're in the time that they grew up, and then my parents, they immigrated here because they were searching for a better life. The, the American, I'm putting in quotes, everyone, the American dream, right? And, and respecting their experience when they immigrated here is they their whole goal was to create a, a life where 
my generation, right, didn't have to experience what they experienced. So I, like, I totally understand the, the conditioning of just assimilating and being quiet and not have not being too loud because there was fear of, you know, racism was, we didn't talk, you didn't talk about racism, you just felt it and you experienced it, right? And so there is fear of safety, literally safety. So I, like that, I respect my, my parents and that, and their experience. And, you know, I think there is like our generation is we're breaking another barrier of like, that was then we still experienced racism. We still struggle to advocate for ourselves. We're, but we're breaking that barrier. I, I'm seeing that it's like our generation is trying to break that barrier to teach the generation below us, our kids, and they're going to break another barrier. And I, I mean, yes. we might and be like, embrace this, right? It's yeah. about embracing that. And the other thing I was going to say was um, that whole good girl thing that I was talking about, it, um, but it's also the ladylike thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, how are you going to, it's, that's not very ladylike. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, there's so much in there. And I, I appreciate it, but I don't know. It's the fact that the unwillingness to see us for who we are. Versus the identities of like of gender. Feel we should be. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're always in constant disappointment. We're always in, we're always somehow disappointing that, um, that perception that they have of us. Mm-hmm. If we are not molding into that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're not but, molding, yeah, yeah. But I mean, being in this time of our lives right now, where we are firmly planted <laughs> in our midlife. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now you all can. You guys can guess. Yeah, I feel. I feel much more confident. Um, because I think we the lessons I've learned was over time. So I think the what I'm intending to do with my purpose going forward in the line of advocacy for women of color, is to shorten that learning time for those who are trailing behind me. Yeah. Yeah, That's because how, yeah. I don't want everyone to take twenty years to learn this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's enough that we did it. So here, can you learn in five months? Yes, you can. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's uh, let's let's fast track fast your track. journey to becoming the best version of you. Right to advocate for yourself and to keep showing like the people around you and the people, the generation before you, what it's like. Because I, I think about like our kids, right? They see us yes. doing that work and they're like, huh, well, what's even more possible for them by the time yes. you get to our age? I'm like, what's that going to be like? You know, like. And, and we live in a life, in a time now where like, you know, I'm all advocating like women of color, women empowerment. I'm a entrepreneurial and leadership coach for women, right? Yeah. And raising a son. <laughs> okay, say more about that. Let's- okay, so I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, I'm very fortunate, lucky, like the stars have really blessed me with this kind, sensitive, like, old soul who mm-hmm. can understand 
um like his eq is like it's off the charts like he feels so deeply and i nurture that right i don't yeah. say like oh you shouldn't be feeling this way or or like you know that's like dismissing it right mm -hmm. because it's again it, he is not he's not the mold that we all think about when we think about like a teenage boy mm -hmm. the rambunctious like you know rebellious mm -hmm. like hey go you know go sharks or go like whatever yeah, yeah. not him mm -hmm. so to be able to recognize and meet him where he is you know as an introvert mm -hmm. as a artist as you know a you know kid who still is surrounded by you know stuffies and and cute things and stationery <laughs> right like um it's so important to be mindful of that and how he perceives women mm. strong women um and 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 the language that he would like so we are advocating for ourselves and we are you know reframing that language going like you know what what is ladylike what, yeah what what, what is, does that mean yeah what why is that a thing yeah and why is that a thing? thing is it a negative thing like what is it yeah so that's how we were brought up and so when it's just being cognizant of like you know his friends who are girls and his environment and and having I want you know as a mom I want him to be proud of what we're doing and I mean doesn't any mom like you yeah. know you want them to I, I want him to know that it's okay to have a purpose and that purpose needs to be aligned with your integrity and that's what you're showing through the work that you're doing even I'm though your work is best yes yeah. I'm trying to be aligned and also show him that change is possible and change is okay and it's literally just navigating life yeah like it's okay to navigate it's not supposed to be a straight road no no however much you would yeah. love a straight road or or, or fear of, you know of a diversion but what is a diversion it's just another road it's just another road. Oh my gosh, I love that metaphor because y'all, because I do want a straight road because I would okay. like to see where I'm going, where the end, the end is, right? Because that would make me feel less anxious and very more, you know, sure. comfortable. But yes, I love that. It's like diversions. It's just another road, you know. Like I mean, we talked about a they'll road. They'll probably have an end. Yeah, what? they'll still have an end. It's a different end. I don't. Yeah, know. you never know. I mean, you don't know where your life is going to go. It's just you know, is that road within your integrity? Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you said like, as a mom and a working mom is you're modeling for him, even though your work is fully solely focused on like advocacy with women of color and entrepreneurs, right? That you are modeling for him the language and do what you're doing. He's seeing it. He's seeing your, like you advocating for yourself as an entrepreneur, <laughs> yeah. as like, you know, as a business owner, as a mom, as a working mom, like, yeah, I mean, I mean there's so many nuances here too, right? Yeah. About, um, everything from equality to like, you know, like sayings that some coaches still have, you know, things like, you know, why are you running like a girl? Like, oh, yeah. 
you know, like all those things, it's still happening in the outside world. It's still happening. I'm sure like in yeah. schools, like in the environment where we are not present. Yeah. So there's so many things that are being fed into our kids in different situations and, and mm-hmm. around in our society, but for them to then discern um, and, and process for themselves and think yeah. for themselves going, you know, cause before that was in our time that was meant to encourage boys to run faster, climb higher, do, you know, and so if you still have those people in your life, those, that's the same language they're using, but then you have, you need to, how do you counter that? Yeah. Yeah. How do you bring just, um, I don't like the word balance, but I guess holistically, like yes right like how yes. yeah mm-hmm. yes. instead so of going kind of detach going like okay so coach i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. um but hey man girls can run very fast as well yeah yeah it's like don't put me in that don't don't put no, me in that box but, <laughs> no, but like pretty much in your head it's like i see what you're trying to do yeah you're literally trying to make me do better do better but then you're just using this language yeah language is powerful oh my god isn't it language is powerful in a not so good way and in also a good way <laughs> so i'm just gonna be really absolutely. clear about that absolutely okay. so um yeah and also self-compassion i yeah i think oh this self-compassion thing is really tough i don't know if it's because i'm an asian woman i have no idea but it, why is it so difficult for us to show ourselves self-compassion when we are so ready to jump on the sword and we have to live in this this world of sacrifice all the time? Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to sacrifice things just so I resent it later. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That sounds so horrible. Right? <laughs> it's like. Um, no, thank so horrible. You. no, thank you. You want me to jump on a sword? No, no. <laughs> but that's such a good metaphor, right? Like, and no, I'm, I'm not willing to do it. Thank no, you no, much. no, no. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'll be the <laughs> self-compassion. I do like myself. <laughs> I do like myself. White flag surrender. Nope. Gonna save myself. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's been such a joy just to chat. We could go on y'all. We could go Same, on for I know, like I another, know. another. <laughs> uh, is there one thing, anything that you want to leave like lasting word with our audience about, you know, advocating for yourself as a woman of color or even something that you can offer in terms of your work as a coach um, that you want to share? Yeah, well, um, one thing I do, um, I did appreciate for myself and I would love to share um, with the audience is that there is, it. it's never too late. Like it's never too, mm. you know, you're never too far, you know, um, on the track of, you know, trying to reframe or redefine or reconfigure life. And if it means that you need some work um you know within yourselves to figure out what's holding you back from advocating for yourself like at you know and and speaking out and and just looking up like looking up at the possibilities if you're not able to see that there is a way there is a way and, yeah and coaching helps coaching just helps clear out that 
that murkiness for you. It just helps you navigate. And this is the other thing about us as Asian women. We are conditioned to believe that we can do everything on our own and not mm. to ask for help. And this is not, I mean, it depends on how you'd like to frame it, but I feel coaching is a tool. Like it's a, you know, and and it's it's a network. It's a support system for yourself. And I love support. I love support. Who doesn't love I support? I love to be able to be supported. Like, I think yeah. that's such a great kind of weapon to have in your, you know, in your armor yeah. and a tool to have in your toolkit. Robot. Like, mm-hmm. you can, like, I've got this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Things are, you know, and, and we're all here. As you said, AWCC is there. Like, you can reach us anytime. Jocelyn, you're an incredible coach. So are uh, you, Shobna. Like, and, you know, yeah. I love the fact that we do this work and I'm so happy and proud of ourselves for embracing this part of our own journey and to be able to serve others in this way is so fulfilling and um and all paths lead to you know this sort of you know happiness and 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 success for me the way I define it um I think it's wonderful and to be able to share that with with others and to be able to help them through their journey yeah it's a privilege it's yeah helping you're helping others find their own fulfillment their own fulfillment and I love how you touched upon the cultural narrative for uh Asian women because that that really spoke true to me it's like do it all on your own don't ask for help which is really deeply ingrained you know yes. and so it's hard to ask for ask for support to have it someone is. in your corner yeah and do that um, with you just a little thing to add there about you know like the the independent woman right oh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> right so like it does not mean that you do not have a support network yes <laughs> you i mean i think it's amazing to have that stoic um you know feeling of independence you can still be independent and still have a coach yes that's that's what we're here for to empower your independence yes and actually you brought up something really good it's like you know for someone to you know when you see people they're like oh wow they're so powerful or independent it's because if you look behind the scenes they have people that are supporting them too there you go yeah and I do. I I have a a an army, little army yeah. of people who support me and my work and and how I show up and um and they they recharge me, right? So same here, same here. Because you know when we all have our existential crisis, yeah. <laughs> you need <laughs> we a, numbers to call. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we have numbers to call. We know who to call. So. <laughs> Um, one last question for you, Shavna. As you know, it's the Jam with Jocelyn podcast. What is your favorite song to jam to? I'm like, is it 90s hip hop? Is it what is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be the original um, of I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. That's a good one. That's always gets me to tap my feet bob my head like oh. it's just that song that inspires movement and freedom somehow for me that really that really aligns to this whole conversation <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, 
that you can uh, that was awesome <laughs> well I, I like jamming to things so <laughs> I, I jam with you any day my friend oh my god thank you for jamming with me Shobna thank you for being on the show Oh, it was my privilege. This was so great. Let's um, continue our uh, third hour conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of off here, everyone, y'all, but we're going to continue com- conversing off, off, off cast here. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shovna, for being on the show. Thank you. It was incredible. Thanks, Jocelyn. Thanks again. Alrighty, friends, what an amazing and enlightening conversation with Shobna about what it means to advocate for yourself as a woman of color, her own story, and how to unravel from the societal, cultural, and gender narratives that limit us as women of color. There were so many takeaways from today's conversation, but here are my top five. One, when you accept yourself, you'll show up differently in what you create, the work you do, and how you engage with others in the world. Two, show up in your reality by showing up for yourself through assessing what is important to you, your values, and your purpose. Three, do what is within your integrity, which is tied to your gut feeling, your intuition. Four, it's never too late to make shifts, reevaluate what's important to you. And five, stay true to your core values, do what's right for you, and release from the fear of other people's perceptions. And here are three coaching questions to help you reflect on the conversation from today's episode. One, as a woman of color, what does it look like to advocate for yourself? Two, what are your core values and what's important to you? Three, how can you begin the work of accepting yourself and showing up in your world that's centered on your values? You can connect with Shobna on Instagram at soiret.coaching, that's spelled S-O-I-R-E-T-T-E dot coaching, and at Love Soiret, so L-O-V-E-S-O-I-R-E-T-T-E. And if you enjoyed listening to today's conversation, I invite you to leave a review with your takeaway, a rating, or subscribe to the podcast. Once again, thanks for listening, and I can't wait to jam with y'all next time. Bye, y'all.